my t-shirt that says, this pastor has an awesome church, but I couldn't figure out how to make it comfortable over my uh, collared shirt here, and uh, so I lifted it <coughs> lifted it in the bag, but uh, I will say this, I feel like I have an awesome church, because I know you've been praying for us while we were sick, and, and uh, it, it's, it was rough, I'm not going to lie about it, people would say, how are you doing, I told them. Uh, the truth, I didn't lie about it, you know. Uh, oh, I'm great. No, I wasn't great. I'm going to tell you right now. There was no great part about it. Uh, but uh, glad to be here this morning in doing good, great. I guess you might say a lot better. Uh, diet has changed, but uh, that's okay too, uh, to a point there. But uh, glad to be with you in God's house this morning, and I hope you're glad to be with me. Stand with us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Brother Mike, will you open us this morning in prayer? Amen. Any birthdays? Any anniversaries? Any Christians? That's, that's the number one deal. If you got your blue book this morning, turn with us to page nine, the old rugged cross.
page four. Page four. Is your glasses on again? Yeah. Why are they here? They just laying out there on the pew? They laying out there on the pew?
page 94.
I'm glad this morning that he lives. Not lived, lives. I was thinking about the scripture today. Um, the Bible says, Jesus told Martha, though he, uh, you know, uh, it, those that believe in him, though they be dead, they shall live, you know. And she's thinking about in the resurrection. But when you and I die physically, we live eternally if our faith and our trust is in Christ Jesus. We will not die to die again. We're not going to face the second death, which is to be cast into the lake of fire. And so if you're born again, you're blood-bought, you're following the Lord. When you die physically, you live eternally. And that life is with Christ. Life without Christ is to be dead. And there's a lot of dead folks walking around today. You know, we keep thinking about the zombie apocalypse. I'll just put it to you this way. If you ain't got the Spirit of God in you, you're already a zombie. You're walking around dead. And so uh, one of these days, we will live forever and ever and ever with no sickness, no pains, no sorrows, no disappointments. But again, that's for those who have their faith and their trust in Christ Jesus, and he's Lord and Savior of your life. I don't want to sugarcoat anything so people who think they're lost can go to heaven. Uh, they don't. If I turn my back on God, I'm not going to be there. I'm just going to be honest with you. But I have no plans on turning my back on God. Instead, I plan on keeping my back to the world and my face forward to him. And so we just do our best to pray one for another. But let's see, we pray for lost souls. Uh, we thank God for everybody. Uh, prayers, I can't, can't express enough the prayers that you prayed for our family in the time that we were going through. Um, I, I told them, a few folks, I was praying Sunday night, Sunday morning, I guess you could say, Saturday, went to bed through the night Sunday praying and by the time we got somewhere through mid-morning there um, I really didn't know whether or not I was going to live and I was praying God just earnestly that my heart was right that if I didn't didn't make it that I would be with him and I'd not leave this world unprepared and uh, so I know you was praying for us and then Everly um, you know if she went back to sleep We'd have thought she was resting, and her blood glucose was 50. She could have very easily went into a coma. I mean, it wouldn't have took a lot. She was severely dehydrated, and, and, and so I appreciate, uh, can't express enough how much I appreciate your prayers and your love. And so just continue to pray uh, there. Pray for Brother Sue Paul and Sister Nim. They are safely over there. Sister Kenya was sharing a video with us that, uh, of one of their church services, but they are over uh, in uh, uh, Thailand and uh, um, doing uh, the work there that they're doing now. Continue to pray for them in autumn. Uh, pray for her, for Sister Donna Faye, all the tests that are coming up with all those uh, that uh, got tests to come and um, be with praying for Sister Lisa and their family still and Brother Grant and his family. Uh, lifting them up in prayer as well this morning. Uh, praying for Brother Philip and Sister Rhonda. 
uh, God direct their heart. Uh, spoke with them just a few minutes uh, Sunday evening, and we're going to get together again at some point and, and just visit. But uh, pray for them uh, that God will direct their hearts and what they're supposed to be doing. I will not argue with God. All right. Uh, now I may with Brother Philip, but not God. And there's the difference. If they do what God wants them to do, I can't say anything. But it's, it, you just pray for them as well. And Sister Rhonda Collins continued to pray for her. Glad Brother Don got to come back and uh, got another eye surgery Tuesday. So remember that. Looks different without his glasses. You know. <laughs> he can't hear. He can't hear. No. But no. Uh, the, definitely uh, uh, just keep praying there. Uh, that, that, you know, as he gets that uh, other eye taken care of, that it would go smooth and easy for him. Anybody else this morning? I remember Brandon not feeling well today. Remember him. Anybody else? God's not limited by doctors. You think about that. He's not limited by doctors. And so be praying for her as well. Um, lift her up in prayers. Remember Brother Johnny Belt. He's going back to the doctors. Uh, but he uh, uh, talked to me the other day. We was talking and uh, he's just weak. And it takes him a while once he gets ready uh, in the mornings to... Uh, get around he's he's just give out for quite a while and so do remember brother johnny belt in your prayers to you anybody else Stand with us this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Ushers come. Heavenly Father, today we thank you so much, precious Lord, for your many blessings. We thank you, dear God, for allowing us in your house. Lord, I pray this morning that your will would be done in our lives, that our hearts and our homes, Father, would be uh, what you would have them to be. Dear God, I pray this morning that you would help us, Father, in our church, dear Lord, that you would just guide us and direct us, Father. 
Lord, I pray this morning that you would give us the strength that we need to carry on and do your will. Father, I pray this morning that you would touch the needs according to your plan and purpose, dear God, for you alone know how to meet them perfectly. And we just ask you, Lord, now, Father, bless the offering. Let it be used for thy glory, for thine honor, and thy praise. And for these things we ask and pray today in Jesus' holy name. And amen. One twenty four.
got your Bibles this morning, open with us to the book of John chapter 10. John chapter 10. And if you would stand, we'll read our key verse. I will only tell you this morning I will preach what the Lord laid on our heart. We'll go through it as quickly as we can, but we will not skip out on God. My title this morning is God's Word is Necessary. And I want you to think about it. It's not an option. It's necessary. The world has pushed it aside, left it alone, and a lot of churches today don't even embrace it. But it's still necessary. So John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Father, this morning I come before you and I ask you, dear God, to help me. Father, I pray help these that are here. Help us, Lord, to do that which you'd have us to do, to be that which you'd have us to be. And dear God, that we would honor you with all that we have today. Lord, may we make all things right in thy sight and be what we ought to be for thee. And these things we ask and pray in Christ's name. And amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. You say, Brother Ernie, what does that have to do with God's word? It's pretty simple. The thief has come to steal the word of God. When he couldn't steal it, he started replacing it. And he started changing it. And he started modifying it. Eve understood in the Garden of Eden what God had said. And yet she allowed the devil to tell her something that God had not said. And even added into it a word that God had not said. And when it was all said and done, we know the end there. They were kicked out, and now we're going through life as we are today. The Word of God was necessary for Adam and Eve to hold on to, and it's now necessary for you and I to hold on to. And it needs to become something that is necessary to you and I. God's Word is not an option. It's not a uh, well, I'll get to it when I've got time. Can I tell you the problem the church has today is we keep wanting to get to God when we have time. And we keep pushing God further and further down the road and, and less and less time spent with God because we just don't got time. Can I tell you that one day time will run out and you will face God. Hell is just as long as heaven, but it's a whole lot of the opposite. Heaven is sweet and hell is hot, but they both eternity long. I like what the preacher says. The Bible talks about 12 gates going in and out of the city, the new city, Jerusalem. And he said, and they shall go in and out. He said, but you never read in the Bible there where it says there's an exit on hell. Straight is the way and there is the gate that leadeth unto life eternal. But broad is the way and broad is the gate that leadeth unto destruction. And guess what? You never find in the scripture where there's a scripture that says there's an exit side somewhere on the other side of hell. 
I don't believe in purgatory. You ain't going to be there for a little while, and when you've done suffered enough, you get out. They ain't found nowheres in the Bible. Just think about it, church. I thought about this last week. This was going to be our message, and we didn't get to come and preach it. We were sick. We won't go over that again, but can I tell you, the thought that started all of this was Job chapter 23, verse 12. God is speaking, or Job is there, and he's speaking about God, and he's he's talking about God, and he's talking about the searching, and, and just, to, just to back it up just a little bit there, but he's talking about this. But then he comes down to this statement that Job says, and, and Job says, Though he slay me, yet will I serve him. And he says this, Neither have I gone back from the commandments of his lips. I have steamed the words of his mouth, more than my necessary food. Job said that the words of God were more necessary to his life than what was food. And church, I'm telling you something. It's one of those deals there when we realize this and we begin to allow this to work in our lives, when we begin to allow the word of God to become what it needs to be in our lives and it becomes more more important to us than food does, we begin to do something that we've not done in a long time. And that is that we begin to send the devil off in the corners. I got to thinking about something else the preacher said. And I like listening to preaching, good preaching anyways. He said there that those that are in darkness can see what's going on in the light, but those that are in the light cannot see what's going on in the darkness. The devil works out in the darkness, church. And the devil moves in the darkness. You don't know if he's going from one side to another side, but you can be assured of this. While he's working in darkness, he's trying to destroy and minimize the light. And yet God being the light, Jesus being the light, he's trying to increase the light. And he tells you and I that we are the light of the world. And how do we become light if we don't have the word? It's more necessary than bread. You can die without bread physically, but if you die without Jesus spiritually, hell is eternity long. Think about it for a second. Is God a necessity or is he an opportunity? When I have opportunity, I will go to church. When I have opportunity, I will pray. When I have opportunity, I will read my Bible. And, and, I, and I'll tell you something, I, and I've shared this, and I, I make no, mis- no, no I'm not backing up from it one bit. God was, and he has been, and not was, but God is, he has been, and he is still. He's doing something in our home. Our home is changing, and I'm telling you, it's changing for the fact that we're spending more time in prayer and we're spending more time in the Word of God. And, and when I was ready to come and preach Sunday, I'd stayed up all night long and I was praying there and then I got sick and I, like I said, I thought I would die and go to be with the Lord. I was making sure I was right and ready. And I know this, that the devil didn't want me to come down here and preach to you the necessity of the Word of God. 
It is wrong in my heart all week long. God's word is necessary. And it's more necessary than the lunch you're planning on going to eat. It's more necessary than the beverage you're desiring to drink. It, it, hey, it's better than tea or coffee or punch or whatever else you go after. And it's better than the finest steak you could ever make. It is necessary, though, because without it, you will die twice. Now, now here's something I, I was uh, yesterday studying on this again in preparation for coming down this morning. And, and I, I, we watched a movie. Movies make me think. Sometimes it's not very good to make me think very hard. But movies make me think. And I thought about the disappointment I had when my dad left us. And, you know, I, I thought he's got no business. He, he had no business, no right to leave my mom and us five kids. He had no right to do that. I thank God for my stepdad, who I called dad, because he took us to church. And you can say, well, Brother Arnie, you, you just said your dad had no, he had no right. My dad, if everything would have went right, would have served God. He would have loved him with all of his heart, with all of his soul, with all of his mind. He'd have been my dad, and he'd have been there. He'd have been there, but he wasn't there. My, dad, my stepdad did the best he could. But you know what? I, I thought about this and how many things I missed. Not having my dad and, and not having a dad like you see a lot of times on TVs and movies and other people's dad. And I thought, boy, I didn't. And God hit me with something. He said, Ernie, you're right. Your earthly dad had no right to leave you. Your stepdad, he done the best he could and he loved you and he took you to church. But you missed some stuff there that you wish you'd have had when you look at dads. And yet he said this. He said, I've been trying to be a father to you all this time. Now, God wouldn't come down and play football with me. He wasn't going to come down and play golf with me. Now, he might have been with me when I was playing football. He might have been with me when I was playing golf. But he wasn't going to come down and throw the ball with me. But can I tell you something? He would have been a better father to me than any dad could have ever been to me if I had just let him be. And I got to thinking about it again a little bit. Dangerous thing when I think. I was praying, I was thanking God, and I was thinking about his word and everything there. And then that, that scripture come to my mind, the thief cometh not. He wants to steal the word of God from me. He doesn't want me to have. Can I tell you, the enemy does some things. And I wrote them down here this morning. The enemy didn't want me to be born. And you think about that. He didn't want me to be born. The enemy didn't want me to be saved. The enemy didn't want me to be a husband. The enemy didn't want me to be a dad. The enemy didn't want me to be a granddad. The enemy did not want me to be a preacher. The enemy did not want me to be a pastor. The enemy does not and did not want me to pray. The enemy does not want me to read my Bible. And the enemy sure doesn't want me to believe the Bible. But God wanted me to do all these things. 
And I cannot do them without the necessity of the word of God telling me what it is that God wants me to do and how to do it. I could not be who I am if it was not for God. And I cannot be a better who I am if it's not for the word of God. The word of God to you and I has to be a necessity. The Bible gets picked up more in a week to be moved to another location than it does to be opened up and read. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, the Bible there, and if you go on and read there in chapter 2, Samuel's sons, uh, Phineas and Hineas, or whatever their names were, I would just call them this, this bad and bad. But Eli's sons were bad. They were not ministers of God. They were not serving the office of the priesthood the way they should. Instead, they were committing fornication and they were eating stuff that they shouldn't have been eating. I mean, they were just, they were bad. They were totally against the word of God and everything there. Eli was tolerating what was going on to a point and even one time rebuked his sons and said they shouldn't have been doing it because what they were doing was, was going really against him and so forth and so God says this that he is going to bring up somebody to take the place of Eli he's going to bring back some word into the land he's going to bring back some vision into the land he's going to bring somebody who's going to do something for him and we get Samuel in verse 1 chapter 3 it says and the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. There was nobody standing in the gaps, so to say. There was nobody proclaiming. Eli was too old and too fat. The Bible says that he could not do his job properly there. As a matter of fact, the Bible says it like this, uh, that when Eli heard that his sons was dead, uh, because uh, and not, not that his sons was dead, but when he heard the sons was dead, and it said and when he heard that the ark had been taken, how uh, that he felt backward, and because he was heavy, his neck was broke. Eli was lazy instead of serving God the way that he should have. He had forfeited his right to be the priest by giving up what God wanted him to do. And God brought Samuel into the picture there. But look at what he said there. The word was precious in those days. Job said that it was more necessary than, than the daily food that he would eat. And what is the word of God to you and I today? But a book that lies on the table somewheres, and we pick it up sometimes, and, and, and you know, uh, um, we might read it, or the preacher might use it to preach, and, and we might listen to what he says a little bit, but we don't want to get too involved in that, don't go too deep in that. Hey, preacher, you know you're carrying on a little long, something like, hey, can I tell you something, church? There was a time in the Bible there when they stood and they listened to the man of God read the word of God, and he read for half the day there, and they stood the whole time that he was reading there. There was a time when the pastors, and I've said this before, uh, when the pastor, uh, he would say stand, and they'd stand and read the word of God, and then he might read the whole chapter there, and they stood while the whole chapter was being read there, and they stood until the time that it was done, until the time that there, and nobody was sitting there going like this.
The word of God was valuable. It was irreplaceable. They stood on the word of God. They held to the word of God. And when the devil would rise up, they would quote the word of God. There was a time when the Christian church, uh, when somebody would say something, they would say, that's not what the Bible says. And instead today, uh, they say, really, is that right? Leave the Bible behind. They don't even have a Bible. Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. That's what Jesus said about the Bible, about his word. John, 3, John 6, 35, and Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life, that, it come, that he that cometh to me shall never hungry, and he, or hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Uh, why are we talking about that? Because Jesus said in the first book of John, in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And when you think about what Job was saying there, that the Word of God was more necessary to him than his daily necessity bread there. Uh, he was saying that the word of God, Jesus Christ to you and I today, uh, our Bible is more needful to us than anything else. When we're reading the word of God, uh, we're taking in the bread of life. You know why we get so hungry when we fast? Because all we're thinking about is the food. I didn't eat lunch today. I'm fasting. Oh, I'm starving to death. Get your Bible out and read it while you're fasting. Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Can I tell you something, church? When we get fuller of the Holy Ghost, and I say fuller, when we allow the Holy Ghost to have full reign in our lives, in other words, it's not just something over there, but it's something inside of here, we stop thinking about what's going on for lunch, and we start thinking about what does God have for me today. I mean to tell you, I'll be honest with you, I'd rather be here for three hours and get, get God just all over me and know that when I left here that everything God had for me that day I got here. And, and I'll tell you the truth, I'll tell you something else, church, when you get so excited about serving God, honoring God, worshiping God, walking with God, singing about God, you'll forget about eating. Because the best food you can get is that from God. He is the bread of life. He's more necessary than saltine crackers when you're sick. Huh? Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger. And look what he says. And fed thee with manna. God was taking care of the children of Israel. He said, which thou knewest not. Neither did thy fathers know. That, 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 that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread alone. But by what? Every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. 
You can eat lunch and dinner and breakfast. You can eat them all and you can eat the finest of the finest meals and still die. And when you die, church, listen to me, God's not going to go before, you're not going to go before God and stand there and God's going to say, well, you ate really good. I think I'll let you on into heaven. I mean, after all, nobody ate like you did. You you went up there into New York and ate one of them there cheeseburgers that had gold in it. Cost you a thousand dollars for a cheeseburger. So, hey, let me just say this: you're a knucklehead if you go eat a cheeseburger full of gold. Gold don't belong in your belly. When you stand before God, God will tell you, you ate the finest of finest things down there, just like the rich man. In thy life, thy fared sumptuously. The rich man lifted his eyes out of hell. Lazarus was wanting a crumb. Just give me a crumb. I'll take a crumb. But Lazarus was comforted. The difference between the rich man and Lazarus was the rich man had his daily bread, his daily bread. Lazarus ate God's daily bread. It was more necessary for Lazarus to trust in God than it was to trust in the daily bread of the rich man. You think about it, church. We starve to death when we don't have something to eat, but we think we're all right when we don't have the Bible. We think we're all right when we're not having church. We think we're all right. I mean, let's not get too carried away. And, and it is true. There was a time in life, and, and the people say, don't look backwards. Can I tell you? We ought to look backwards and realize what we lost in the things of the spiritual side of it. I didn't lose nothing physically when I got, gave my life to the Lord. But I'm telling you something. Along the journey of life there from the 90s even till today, I can look at myself and I can look at the church and I can tell you we've lost some things that they used to have in the 90s. And if you go back even further than that, you'll figure it out we lost some things they used to have back in the in the 60s and the 50s there, there was a time when revival meant that people come together and worshiped and honored God. They come to hear the word of God. They come to hear what the preacher had to say. They come to see what God would want to do and how God would move. They come with their needs and they brought their needs before the Lord and they stayed with their needs before the Lord until God come and met their needs. And let me tell you something, they didn't care if it was 8 o'clock, they didn't care if it was 9 o'clock, they didn't care if it was 10 o'clock, how they stayed there and they got up the next day, they praised God, they worked hard, and they went back the next night to do it all over again. And when revival services ended, they were broken hearted. It was done. Today we're kind of like, I'm glad that's finally over. And they had true revival. We're going to pick on this, but I'll just tell you this. Asbury's not having a revival. Homosexuals is leading the charge. They ain't doing no Bible reading. You paid attention to that? I have. Just a little bit. Because I thought, boy, if God is really moving. Can I tell you, everybody under the sun has gone up there to lay part of that. And they got false teachers and preachers on the campus. And they're, and, they're, and they're letting them. Oh, as long as you're doing it outside. Why? Because we don't want you to come inside. That's only for people 25 years of age and younger. 
got homosexuals leading their worship music. I'm going to tell you something. God ain't in that. It ain't happening. I listened to one of the guys who was supposed to get up there to preach. And I, I don't know how long we listened. He never said one word from the Bible. He just said, what are you going to do when this is over? How are you going to go out of here when this is over? What's it going to be for you? And let me tell you something. The sooner you get out of there, the, more, the better opportunity you got to get right with the Lord. I, I mean, just be honest with you. It's not a revival without the Word of God. And it's sure not a revival if the homosexuals is leading it. Say what you want, think what you want. Man's got to live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You've got to have the word. You and I got to have, hey, if I come up here and all I do is talk about me, and at the end of the day tell you how good and beautiful and wonderful and handsome you look, and you go out of here, you didn't get nothing. Nothing. And I don't want to pick on you. But if you ain't living right for God and you do go out of here not living right for God, don't expect God to do anything for you. You cannot come to church and satisfy what you really need by sitting in a pew. You have to sit your heart before God. Lay it down. Bow it down. However you got to do it. The Bible says humble thyself before the Lord and he will lift you up. If we humble ourselves to God and exalt God and glorify God, God will lift us up. But if we go on acting like we got it all made and it doesn't really matter how much of God I pay attention to, I'm here to tell you, church, one of these days you'll pay attention. Proverbs 30 and verse 5, every word of God, not everything I say, I, I, I'm telling you something, I'm not perfect and elegant in my speech, and I've told lies in my lifetime, but my Bible just tells me right here, every word of God is pure, now look at that, he is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Listen to me carefully. I put my trust in the Lord. The devil did not want me born, did not want me saved, did not want me to be a husband, didn't want me to be a dad, didn't want me to be a granddad, a preacher, a pastor. He doesn't want me to pray, read the Bible, or believe the Bible. He does not like me, but that's okay because, see, God loves me. How do you know, Brother Ernie? Because every word of God is pure. And God is a shield to them that put their trust in him. Though I lay there sick as a dog, though I feel like I would die, God did not allow the devil to do any more to me than what God was willing to allow the devil to do, just like Job. And Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I'm not turning back. Matthew 4, 4, cracks up what Proverbs said, but he said unto them, Jesus, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Luke 4, 4, and Jesus answered him, saying, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth, or every, by, by every word of God. Look at what Jesus said in the book of Luke, talking Thomas, he said, but he said, yea, rather, 
Blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Excuse me, not talking to Thomas. Talking to the Pharisees. It's an amazing thing. People say, well, I, I hear the word of God or I read the word of God. But Jesus said, blessed are they that not only hear it, but keep it. It's not something you get on a Sunday morning and leave alone. You know, you know, I, I, I don't know anything about this and I don't want to know any more than what I already know there. Uh, but they talked about this in the, in, in the recording of it. Uh, don't watch the movie, The Jesus, Jesus Re, Re, what is that, Revolution. Don't, don't pay. Hey, listen to me. It's not about Jesus. It's about how you can be involved in sex, drugs, and rock and roll on Saturday night and get up and go to church on Sunday morning and be right with God. It's how you can live like the devil and follow all his demons of hell all week long but it's okay as long as you come to church on Sunday can I tell you if you live like the devil Monday through Saturday Sunday don't do you no good you can show up if you want to but you'll die and go to hell in your sins you cannot live your life six days a week Show up and profess to live for God a few hours on one day and expect to spend eternity in heaven. How do I change all of that? Well, the Bible tells us in Romans 10, verse 17, so faith, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You got to have the word of God, church. Ephesians 6, 17, take, take thee the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Timothy 2, 2 Timothy 2, 9, wherein I suffered trouble, or I suffered trouble as an evildoer, even under the bonds, but the word of God is not bound. Think about what Paul's saying. They throw me in prison but they, they, can't, they can't stop the word of God. Hey, church, can I tell you something? If they was to wire my mouth shut this morning, and, and, and I believe sometimes I bet people would like to, but if they was, they still wouldn't bind up the word of God because it's not what I say, it's what he says. God's word cannot be bound. When they tell you you cannot pray in school, go ahead, bow your head and pray. Daniel did it. You can't have your Bible. They, they, the Gideons, and, and, and there was a time when the Gideons only distributed the King James Bible. And we supported them when they did that. But today they don't support the, the King James. They don't distribute it. They, any other version but the King James. And, and so there was a time when they did that. And they brought, a, about, I don't know how many book, books of, or boxes of Bibles to, to the school there. And, and they wanted to give them to the Youth for Christ group. And they told us, they said, listen to us. We can't stop you from getting these Bibles. They, they brought them to you. We can't stop you. You're a club. If people bring you literature and they want to, and it's for you, we can't stop you. But you cannot hand them out. By the end of the day, we handed out every one of them. And you know how many of us got suspended from school? Nobody. They're trying to tell us we can't do things, and we can. 
young man was arrested this here while back in Canada. You know why he was arrested? Because he went into a Catholic school, which is, by the way, supposed to be Christian. They're not Christian, church. I'm just, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm just telling you facts. He went into a Catholic school, and he said, men are men and women are women. And men, boys don't belong in the girls' dressing room or the girls' bathroom. And the girls said, that's right. And this young man, because he went into a so-called Christian school and said men are men and women are women, God made it that way. They expelled him. And when he come back for the next semester, they arrested him. He's got more guts than some adults. Listen to me, church. This word is right every time. It is necessary. It, it, it cannot be bound. We, we, we get bound, but it doesn't get bound. And the problem is, is when we get bound, we think the word of God is bound. But can I tell you, the word of God is not bound. Why? Because it is able to do that which we don't even imagine. Hebrews 4.12. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and the joints and sorrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The Word of God knows what's going on in your life and my life right now. It knows what we're thinking. It knows what we're desiring. Hey, it knows what you're wanting to do right now. God understands right now where you are. You may physically be here, but you may mentally be somewhere else, and I'm going to tell you this morning, if you want to be right with God, you've got to be where He is. First Peter one twenty three. got just a few more verses, and I promise you, I've got three more. The Bible says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. Remember we read, heaven and earth shall pass away, right? But not his word. There's not one jot nor tittle that, of God's word that's going to pass away. John 4, 1, 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the, as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So when we talk about the word being being more necessary than bread. We're talking about Jesus. Listen to me. Job didn't know who Jesus was. You and I know who he is. And can I tell you, we also know who Job is. And because we know who Job is, we can understand what Job was saying when he said that the word of God was more necessary to him than his necessary daily bread. It was more valuable, more important. The devil don't want you to get none of this. Can I tell you, he didn't want you born and he doesn't want you saved. And if you get saved, he, he, he doesn't want you to act like a husband. He doesn't want you to act like a dad. He doesn't want you to act like a granddad. Maybe he calls you to preach. I don't know. He doesn't want you to be a preacher and he sure don't want you to be a pastor. He don't want you to pray. He don't want you to read your Bible. And he sure don't want you to believe it. But can I tell you? When you talk about standing on a solid foundation, that is the word of God because Jesus said he's the rock. Amen. 
Revelations chapter 19, verse 13. Jesus on his white horse coming out to the enemy. By the way, the enemy is not the devil himself in this. It's the beast and all those that follow him. If you're following the devil today, you're an enemy of God. Just be honest. Let's be plain about it. You can't be a friend of this world and be and be in, be in a relationship with God. The Bible says to be a friend of this world is to be at enmity with God. It's against God. But he said, and he was clothed with his virtue dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. That's Jesus, church. That's Jesus. On his thigh, if you read a little further there, he's got King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And he beats the devil. Beats him. We would say it like this. He beat him to a bloody pulp. But no, actually, he beat him by the blood. And the only way you and I are winning today is by the blood. And this is the word of God that we have that tells us that Jesus Christ shed his blood on Calvary's cross so that you and I could have eternal life. And if we will accept him and follow him and love him and honor him, the word of God will become more necessary to us than anything else. And the thief will come to steal the word. But I'll tell you something. You ought to hold on to your Bible better than you do your rifle. It ought to be more valuable than your car keys. It ought to carry a higher rate than your 401k. Because all of those things will perish. But this will stand. Would you stand this morning? Heavenly Father, today, Lord, we love you and we thank you and we praise you, dear God. We ask you, Lord, this morning to help us, Father, to do thy will, to praise and worship thy name. God, touch every need in this house this morning. Speak to every heart, dear God, according to your will, your design, and desire for their lives. And Father, I pray today, help us, Lord, to realize the truth and the power of thy word. And Lord, cling to it and desire it, love it. And not let go of it. We'll ask you, Father, these things in Christ's name. And amen. And amen. If you have a desire to come.